Hello, Velo News listeners. This is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at Velo News Magazine, coming at you with another Velo News tech podcast, everybody's favorite day of the week, I'm sure. Uh, and if you recall the last episode uh, that I recorded with our, our new editor, Betsy Welch, was the ouch episode in which we talked a lot about um, injuries and such. And, and we discovered in that episode that uh, Dan here is deathly afraid of snakes. <laughs> uh, well, this week, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a fear that a lot of people seem to have uh, regarding some new technology. And, you know, Road Tubeless is fairly new to the road world. I think Tubeless has been around a long time uh, in, in mountain bikes. And I think, you know, those of us who have been around long enough are, have probably already kind of gone down that road of exploration. But, you know, a lot of you guys might not be there yet. Um, so you might have some reservations about road Tubeless. Well, I think we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And we're going to get at it from uh, hearing a little bit about what the pros are doing uh, in the coming weeks as the, the cobbled classics ramp up. Um, so today... Uh, on the line, I've got on Skype uh, Neil Shirley, who is Influence Marketing Manager at Envy. Neil, how are you? I'm good. How's it going, Dan? It's going well. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming on, Neil. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't, Neil, he is no Neil. He is a former former pro, and um, having ridden behind him, I can tell you that I've ridden far, far behind him because he's really super fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but more importantly, you've got you know lots of experience on uh, on road riding, and you know you've you've tinkered with your own uh, setups over the years and now you're working for with envy where you know the the, the company itself has done a lot in the recent uh, past to to sort of bring road tubeless to the forefront um, and and make it a viable option for road riders so Neil um, you were you were just recently in Belgium uh, working with some riders from NTT pro cycling can you just kind of summarize uh, where you were and what you were doing yeah, so I I was over in northern France, so right right by uh, probably like ten kilometers from the the famed Roubaix Velodrome, you know where Paris Roubaix finishes. And, I've heard of it. I've um, heard of it. Yes, <laughs> and, and you know that that whole area is not there's just uh, cobble sector after cobble sector, so really the perfect place to uh, to do some testing. And so I was over there. Um, it was. Uh, NTT organized it, um, and it was to bring in some of the partners, so BMC Bikes, um, Vittoria Tires, and Envy were were the three partners that were kind of helping making sure. So let me back up a bit. There was uh, two two of the riders, so Michael Gogol and Edvold um, Bosenhagen were the two riders that were selected to be a partner. And really, it was about bringing the partners together uh-huh. in a collaborative effort to make sure these riders were given and able to test and have confidence in kind of the best setup for Paris-Roubaix mm-hmm. going forward. And so, so it was two days of two days of this. And this was specifically for Paris-Roubaix, not Flanders? Correct. Okay. Specifically around Paris-Roubaix. Yeah. Now, let's, let's just really quickly, as somebody who has ridden both the Paris-Roubaix cobbles and the Flanders cobbles, um, I, I've done it. I will be doing it again. I'm sure you've done it. Uh, talk, tell us a little bit about the differences in terrain here, because I think when we think of cobble classics, we, we tend to think of the cobbles as one thing. But the terrain in Paris-Roubaix versus the terrain in Flanders is actually quite different. Can you just kind of speak on that real quick? Yeah, I, I think um, just the severity of the the cobbles that are found for Paris-Roubaix. Uh, it's you know anyone that's looked closely at 
pictures of like Arenberg forests and stuff. I mean, as you know, I mean, those, the gaps and the, the, how jagged some of those cobbles are. I mean, they, it is, it is extreme hitting those cobbles at full speed. And so definitely Roubaix, I would say is kind of the one outlier event, at least it has been, um, in the past where it, it's, just a completely different bike setup than the teams will use at any other race for the year. Right. Okay. So just, just to set a, a clarification there. So, you know, the, the Roubaix cobbles, uh, are nasty. Let's just say it. <laughs> they're really nasty. Yeah. Um, and I think that brings up a lot of unique challenges, not only for traction, but also for, uh, flat protection and, and control and things like that. So, you know, you, you said you were working with Edvald, uh, Boston Hagen and I'm sorry, who was the other rider? Uh, Michael Gogol. Michael Gogol. Okay, so yeah. tell me, um, what was the process like? What what were you exactly? You know, you get there day one and you say, okay, here's some tires and wheels, and go and see what you think. What was the process like? So um, it started with uh, BMC. Really did most of the most of the planning behind it, and there were uh, there were a few different models of of BMC bikes that were going to be available for the riders to choose from. Um, in addition to so the last three three years, the team has been on the NV 4.5 AR wheels mm-hmm. in tubular models. So that's a wheel that they already have a lot of experience with. That's a wheel that we actually developed entirely around the team specifically for the challenges of Perry Roubaix. Um, in order to get you know to maximize aerodynamics with a high volume tire mm-hmm. um so that was a wheel designed for that so what we did we brought in 4.5 ar tubeless and 3.4 ar tube tubeless so that they could have those three different wheel sets to test back to back to back okay um and so and this was done you know on on cobbles but also it should be noted that you know one of the tricky things with the classics is not, you know, it's not all on cobbles, right? So you got cobbles, you got uh, flat sections of road, you've got, you know, all sorts of different terrain. So it's it's a little trickier than just saying, okay, this tire and, and wheel combo is best on those nasty hard hits. Yeah, and, and that's that's really a, you know, it's it's an interesting point you brought up because the, what what feels what what can sometimes feel best on the cobbles where you're talking maybe 50 K of the race in total Mm -hmm. is on the cobbles, um, versus what feels better on, you know, on the tar on the smooth tarmac. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not necessarily the same setup. Sure. Um, so that's where you have to find that balance. Like, okay, what are you willing to give up here to be a little more efficient Mm -hmm. here? And so, um, kind of this, this test where we had, about a mile or a kilometer cobble sector and then a kilometer and a half uh you know paved section so so the riders were able to do laps and really get a feel for like okay how how a wheel how a tire how a bike feels Mm -hmm. um on the harshest you know parts of the cobbles and then how quickly you can roll up to speed how efficient you feel after that right right now, I, I think it's important to ask the question, um, you know, you, you said that they had been using the AR wheels uh, in a tubular setup uh, for a long time. Why the switch to tubeless? What's, what's the draw? Well, I think going into the, going into the test, um, I would say 
I would say Tubeless was really in the background. I think it was it was really finding that right bike, the you know the right frame selection, mm-hmm. and then Tubeless had been something that you know as as you know a number of people have probably heard last you know the the classics last year there were more and more teams or individual riders starting to experiment with tubeless right so that makes its way you know through the you know the uh, you know team managers team mechanics they they hear what other teams are doing Mm -hmm. so there was kind of like that like oh okay are we missing out like they're already using tubeless for time trials so is there can it go any further than a time trial setup Right, right um so they were open to exploring it, but I don't think that going into the going into the testing, anyone really thought that we'd come out where it's like, okay, tubeless is going to be the answer. Right. Um, so it, it was. I, I know from our end, you know, from our side, it was like we want to we want to give the riders the the technology or the, you know, the products we're making currently mm-hmm. and then just truly let them and let the course decide. Right. And so I think, uh, for those of you listening, uh, there's there's a pretty important distinction between tubeless and tubular that, you know, we, we've all kind of been, uh, you know, conditioned to know that, you know, racers ride tubulars. That's what they do. It's, and it's, it's got a lot to do with the ride quality, but more importantly, you know, should your tire go flat, you know, you can still ride it. Um, but you know, there, it's not the fastest tire. Uh, so we've seen for this last several years that especially in time trials, uh, you know, riders have been going to clinchers and more recently that they've been doing, uh, tubulars or excuse me, tubeless, because that is actually the fastest solution. You're, you're, uh, eliminating some friction between a tube and the tire, or in, you know, in the case of a tubular tire, a lot of layers of things. Um, so there, there's a lot going on here. So the, the notion that, uh, tubulars are faster is not true. Um, tubeless tires are generally faster, but in recent years, there's also been some drawbacks that I think some riders have had reservations about, um, you know, and I think that comes down to, you know, the early days of tubeless in road was, was definitely finicky. Um, I ride a lot of tubeless road at this point. Um, and I have had very few, if any major problems with it, which is not to say that people don't. Um, and I think one of the big fears people have is the tire burping off the rim. Um, what does envy do, um, specifically with its rims to integrate with the tire more effectively so that you can avoid such problems? Um, well, there's, uh, I would say spec- if we if we go back if we're looking specifically at the wheels used um, during the cobble testing they were on the the three four AR and the four five AR rims which are uh, a straight sidewall a hookless mm-hmm. rim whereas um, our SES three point four five point six seven point eight rims which um, are are more of a traditional and traditional rim 21 millimeter internal width and they have a they have a hook Mm -hmm. so when we when we're talking with the the hookless bead um which you know that is that's a technology that we're pushing with those with the ar rims they're you know 25 millimeter internal they're 100 percent made around a high volume tire so Mm -hmm. talking 28c and and larger um i you know when we're 
with with tire burping, tire retention, um, I think we've really come a long way in a short time with rims and tires. And I think a lot of it has come down to um, bead stiffness mm-hmm. on the tires. Yeah. Um, especially when we're talking uh, a hookless bead mm-hmm. um, or a hookless bead rim. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's that bead stiffness that, that allows, that ensures that that tire, that tubeless tire is going to sit exactly where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That seal is maintained and you're not going to be burping the tire. Gotcha. All right. So let's get back to, you know, uh, Northern France here. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, you were working with these pros. Um, what was, what was their experience like? What was their feedback, um, you know, was there was there resistance from them or reservations about tubeless and, and why? And, and if not, like, you know, what were they stoked about? What what did they notice um, in terms of what advantages they got from tubeless re- compared to a tubular tire? Yeah, um, I, w- I w- first off, I was really happy with kind of how how it was presented to them um, and and their initial like feedback there. It wasn't they were very open-minded with it. And I, I think, you know, you, as you mentioned earlier, like the road scene with tubulars, it's very traditional and it's like tubulars is what we've always done. So, you know, that's what we're going to keep doing. The riders didn't come into it with that approach. The riders want to, they wanted to come in and look for the best equipment that was going to suit them for their goals at Perry Roubaix. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the end of the test, after two days, um, we did, you know, a lot of different, a lot of wheel swaps, a lot of different tire pressures, and they came away at the end. And the, you know, the the basically the four four point five AR was the outright favorite favorite wheel for for the Perry Roubaix Recon with a twenty eight C tubeless tire. Okay. And so on on that rim, the twenty eight. 28C measures out to about 30.5 millimeters. What can you tell us what tire they were running? Yeah, they were on a Vittoria Corsa, so basically the same same tire that is available on, you know, to the consumer mm-hmm. right now, to mm-hmm. tubeless version. Okay. Um, which and and on the tubulars, um, it was essentially the same tire just in the tubular version. So so the ride quality, you know, the different ride qualities, um, the tire itself, or at least the construction, wasn't really factoring into that. Sure. Okay, so now uh, that's an interesting combo. So the 4.5 AR um, and the the Vittoria 28 um, tire that measures out to, I think you said 30, right? Yeah, just um, over 30. Now, I want to talk... <laughs> All right, gravel riders, uh, you can listen in for a second <laughs> because we're going to talk about tire pressure. And I know how much you, you guys love tire pressure. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the big factor here, the big X factor, as always, with any race, with any tire setup, with any course, is tire pressure. Um, Roubaix tends to be a little trickier than, than most because you are dealing with very disparate types of terrain throughout the course. So, you know, you hit those nasty cobbles, you know, a, a lower tire pressure that's a little more forgiving is, is, is going to help, but it's, you know, you also risk flats or whatever. And then you get back onto the smooth tarmac and, you know, you, you want as little rolling resistance uh, there as possible. Did you guys tinker with, with, uh, tire pressures and was there a consensus as to what uh, the ideal range for tire pressure was going to be for, for these two individual riders? 
Yeah. So tire pressure was something that, I mean, we spent hours back, you know, lap after lap, like adjusting. So started, we started high. And when I say, when I say high, when you're talking, you know, a 28 or 30 millimeter tire with the, the rim volume that we have on an AR model, um, we were probably starting in about the 70 PSI range, which I knew from <laughs> my own experience on it is, is way too much. So, yeah. you know, fortunately the riders are like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, um, pressure kept coming down. Um, it came down with Edvald actually went out and did a lap, I believe around 36 PSI in the front are and maybe around wow. 38 or 39 in the rear. Wow. And that was the point where he's like, okay, that was too low. Yeah. And then we, came, <laughs> then we came back up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it, it was actually a surprise to me how low the, the riders were comfortable, you know, at what point they're like, okay, our minds are open. We're not, we're not going to worry about the pressure that we're, that we've been used to running or, you know, in a non cobble race, you know, what we run. So it was, it was probably about eight PSI lower than I would have anticipated the riders being comfortable with. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting because, you know, and and I'm sure this was the same with you during your racing days. I mean, the ideal was, it was like 23 millimeter tire pumped up to 120, 100, you know, 130. And the, you know, the whole idea behind that was that, you know, the, the, the tire was going to be faster because, you know, it was harder or whatever. Um, we've learned from test after test, you know, Leonard Zinn actually has another test in our gear issue coming out, uh, this month. Uh, and it's, it's all about how, you know, tubeless tires run at a lower pressure are actually faster than a, a skinnier tire pumped up high. And we, I think we've, we've, we've sort of beaten that notion to death at this point. But, you know, there's always that, that sort of counter argument, which is, yeah, you, you know, you could go lower pressure and wider, but there's also a point of diminishing returns where, okay, now you're just running on a flat tire. And it sounds like, sure. Yeah. And it sounds but, like yeah. EBH found that, <laughs> that, that spot. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, but it, it was, it was really, it was really, uh, you know, from the brand side, it was great seeing the athletes truly put it through all the paces right. and like, okay. We have the upper limit, we have the lower limit, and then find what's what's really comfortable. Um, and sitting in the bus at the end of the day, or you know, end of the second day, Eddie just said, "Why aren't we running tubeless all the time?" Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't have expected to hear that. Sure. Um, so, essentially, immediately after that, um, the races sent. Uh, I would say at least half the team, including Edvald, um, Michael Gogol, they've run tubeless and everything since. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nizzolo got second at Kern, Brussels Kern yeah. on tubeless on the four or five AR tubeless setup. Interesting. Um, so, so it's not just these two riders. They've, uh, you know, the, the mechanics are embracing it. I mean, the mechanics, I would have to assume would much prefer to glue a tire on. It's simple for them, you know, taping rims and doing tubeless and sealant. And like, it's, it's a, it's a huge learning curve for the entire team. Um, but to see, you know, get this, get this feedback initially and then just everyone say, okay, we're, we're in, let's make it happen. So it's, it's been exciting and it's been, 
it's happened much quicker than I anticipated. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's also worth noting that, you know, this isn't obviously the first time we're seeing tubeless in use. And, you know, last year, uh, last 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 tour de France actually in, uh, that started in Brussels. Um, you know, I was, I was sniffing around a lot of the, the team buses and, uh, there were teams, you know, playing with tubeless setups and, and trying new, new setups. And, you know, I remember I stumbled upon Mitchelton Scott and they were experimenting with some tubeless, tubeless tires and, you know, the mechanics, it was funny, you know, he said to me, you know, we're, we're trying it out as we're a little nervous, but it's faster and the guys always want faster. And that's the, the bottom line. Um, yeah. And so I think it's, it's that, that sense of, you know, man, I can, I can get just a little bit more, you know, a little bit more speed, a little bit, you know, less wasted Watts and all that out of this, then I'm going to do it. Um, is there anybody, any type of rider, um, in the pro peloton that you can think of in terms of, you know, the, the type of rider, not necessarily a specific person, but a type of rider who maybe shouldn't be riding tubeless. Is there somebody that doesn't benefit from tubeless? Um, you know, that's, it's a good question. I, I do, I, I don't know that, you know, on Alpine climbs, like, uh, you know, big mountain stages, I, I don't know that tubeless is going to be the answer, you know, a, a the tubular rim profile is still going to be a lighter. It's going to be a lighter rim. Um, it, it, it's something, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see the team continue exploring and see how, you know, where tubeless makes sense for the racing. But I, I'm, I completely think that there, we could reach a point where a, you know, a specific stage or specific races um, there just isn't going to be as much benefit for tubeless. Sure. And, and why, why is that exactly? I mean, I know you, what is it that, uh, that those high Alpine stages, um, are, how are they different from every, everything else that would make it a, not as, as advantageous? Well, I think it, I think at that point you're talking, um, just straight up, just straight up weight, you know, wheel system weight. Um, so when we're, we're looking at, riders you know and you're you're trying to make sure that your bike is already at the uci you know minimum weight and all that um if you're if you're adding any extra that doesn't have to be there um that i think that's maybe where um where some riders will will still look at tubulars and and see a benefit there sure sure what about um you know the we've always heard the notion that that the pros like tubulars because you can run them flat if you have to um, is that the case with tubeless? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I truly believe that that where rim and te- tire technology is right now, um, that uh, that tire, uh, again, you know, bead stiffness. Um, there, there's definitely things that go into it, but uh, I would, I personally am confident in the setup that I run that I could ride on a flat tire if necessary, you know, waiting for the team car to get up to me or, or riding something out on a descent, um, without worry that that, that that beat is going to come off. Sure. 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 Um, okay. So, so basically, you know, in most, most riding situations that we're going to find ourselves in, um, tubeless is, is going to be an advantage. Um, and now, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about how that's going to be advantageous for the pros as they're riding over the Roubaix cobbles. Um, 
I would say 99.9% of the audience listening today, never going to ride on the Ruby cobbles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but they should, they yeah. should. <laughs> oh gosh. If you can go, go do it. Uh, yeah. although actually I would recommend Flanders. It's, it's a little more forgiving. Uh, yeah. yeah. Flanders is a, is incredible. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like cobbles, but they're polite. Um, um, but but how does this test testing that you did with with these uh, ntt pro cycling guys um translate in what can we learn as a as a general consumer who perhaps has not taken the leap to tubeless and and maybe even is still on clinchers with with tubes um what what can we learn from this um in terms of daily riding i mean i know we have people who are listening in new england right you know i grew up in new england those roads those roads are are pretty close to perry roubaix roads um yeah but uh you know what can those people learn from this i mean uh, is tubeless basically the future because it's faster and, and 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 the technology has made advancements enough that reliability is is um up to up to daily riding standards now yeah, I, I think what, what's really interesting is that um, for so many years, our the technology that all of us were riding came from the the you know div, division one world tour level, right? right? And it was trickle down technology that we got, and it was straight up from we, uh, we were often left with bikes that maybe weren't the best bikes for us to be riding because we weren't pro level racers. But anyway, I'd say, you know, with disc brakes, with tubeless, um, these are technologies that have really been embraced from the consumers first and then have come up through the pro Peloton. Um, and so basically every, every, wheel model in Envy's line except for one is been is tubeless compatible so it's something that we've been offering to the consumer market for a long time um and uh, you know the benefits are that you can run lower pressure lower tire pressure without without worrying of pinch flatting your tube um as long as you're running sealant in you know in your tubeless tire you have again more flat tire prevention mm-hmm. um and then i think for most people then the the reduced rolling resistance you know better efficiency that's that's kind of a bonus mm-hmm. but not flatting not doing any of that stuff um or or at least reducing the risk of it um is is worth moving over to tubeless sure yeah, i have a question um and and this this applies you know, to, to what you've heard from the pros, but also, you know, talk, talk about your own experience as well. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of our listeners have been riding for a very long time and it wasn't that long ago that, you know, 23 and 25 millimeter tires were the standard. Um, now that things have kind of bumped up to the 28 and even 30 millimeter range with these rims that, you know, have inner, inner rim widths of 19 millimeters. I mean, they're just, everything's getting so much wider. And we, you know, we hear from the brands all the time, yeah, wider is better, wider is better. But what we don't often hear is how is wider different? Um, you know, in, and speak to that a little bit in terms of handling. I mean, does a, I mean, I already know the answer to this, but I want to hear it from you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how, how is it different riding a wider tire as opposed to those skinny 23, 25s pumped up to 120 PSI? You know, now I'm running a 28 millimeter tire at, at 70. Um, what if somebody, you know, if somebody's out there who's never done that, what can they expect in terms of handling? Is it going to feel, you know, slushy and, and, and soft or, you know, what can they expect? 
No, um, it honestly just thinking of a 23C tire at, you know, 120, 125 PSI makes me cringe because it's fortunately <laughs> been a lot of years since I've had to do that. Um, if I had to go back to it now, it'd be, it'd be terrible. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so a, a 28 or a 30C tire on a, on a wide internal rim, um, it, uh, as you know, as that volume increases, you know, if you tried to run 70 PSI in a 25 C tire, uh, it's not going to feel good, mm-hmm. right? It, right? It's and you're probably going to run it into a pothole and you're going to flat. Right. But as that volume increases, um, you can you can bring that tire pressure down to have a, a, a comparable feel, or you need to bring that pressure down to have a comparable feel. Um, versus a, a narrower or a smaller volume tire, mm-hmm. um, and just the difference. Just the difference is for descending. It's a ton of confidence, um, uh, man. It, it's it, probably going to have PRs on descents, just going up in a tire size and bringing that tire pressure down, maybe seven psi something like that um it's really a new confidence in how you can ride right you heard it here neil shirley is promising me (laughs) that i'm gonna get prs on my next ride (laughs) all right koms i'm coming for you i suppose i should get myself in shape to do that um uh, anyway um yeah and i think i think one thing to note too is that you know because the rims have gotten a little bit wider uh, along with the tires and, and, uh, you know, the, the contact patch changes, uh, in the, in that sense, because you're, you're lowering your tire pressure. So the contact patch patch actually gets wider, uh, whereas it used to be longer. Um, and that actually improves your cornering ability. Uh, you're taking more advantage of the tires profile. Um, so yes, in, in a sense, you know, you can think about it as like, oh man, it's so big and it's going to feel weird flopping over and it's going to be squishy. Well, no, it doesn't because it's actually, less of a contact patch with the ground. So there's less, there's less resistance. So you're still going to go fast, but the, the contact patch is actually in a better position to connect the tire to the ground as you're cornering. Um, does that sound accurate or did I just completely make that up? No, no, that's totally accurate. You oh, nailed it. Oh man. <laughs> I was sweating as I said that. You've, one, done, guys. you've done this before, Dan. <laughs> nice. Man, I didn't even have cue cards, I swear. Um, so anyway, yes, it is it is sort of a different experience, but but frankly, across the board, it's it's generally a better one. Um, I think the biggest drawback at this point for a lot of riders is that a lot of riders are still on rim brakes, and that can really limit the size of tire and wheel you can get into your current bike. Um, and in that sense, disc brakes have really opened up that world uh, for a lot of people. But if you are still running disc, or excuse me, rim brakes, I th- I, you know that could certainly be pointed to as a as a drawback. Oh God, now I got to get a new bike. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. But I think if you're if you're after the performance, um, you know that's part and parcel with the kind of the game we play here. But if you're just after an experience, I mean, you know, you can still go have fun on your twenty threes. Um, I don't want to, uh, <laughs> but but you certainly can. Um, what else? What else do people need to know, Neil? Before we, we wrap this up, about um, you know tubeless tires uh, and how they've advanced, and specifically in the last couple of years, um, because you know we we heard so many horror stories about tubeless tires in the early days, and um, I think a lot of that stuff has really been addressed, uh, and, but people still kind of hang on to those horror stories. What can you tell people about tubeless at this point? Um, 
as I mean, aside from just pointing to the pros and saying they're using it now, which I think is a big yeah. endorsement. Um, yeah. What do people need to know about it? Well, it's, it's funny. So currently, I'm at the I'm down in southern Utah at the Sunto um, multi sport team camp, and what I'm going to be going through t- later on today with with all the the triathletes and multi sport athletes is just a hands on of of how simple a tubeless system is and understanding that mounting a tire or taking a tire off of a, of a true tubeless rim is a slightly different process. And I think that's where a lot of times it gets a, it gets a bad reputation as being a huge hassle or the tires are so tight, you're breaking tire levers. Um, so it's really, it's about understanding the system, understanding the technique and practicing it so you know making sure both tire beads are inside that inner rim channel which is a is a deeper rim channel than a standard clincher mm-hmm. wheel um and you know just some of these it, it there's some little nuances to be able to do it correctly and once once you get that once you get the hang of it and, and understand the technique it's it's really not any different than taking a tire off of a standard clincher or if you get it if you do happen to have a flat tire out on the road with a tubeless setup that you can put an inner tube in there you just have to pull out the the valve stem and you put a tube in just like you would on you know a standard clincher setup so there are you know there's a lot of um misinformation from years of people having to deal with hassles and now I do believe that it's at the point where, uh, you know, tire technology is there, rim technology is there, and it's it is a it's a system that offers a lot of advantages. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally agree. And, and like I said, as somebody who is almost I wouldn't say exclusively, but I man, I ride road tubeless a lot, um, and I, I've had very few uh, issues, if any at all. So um, I'm I'm a proponent for sure. Uh, and I think, I think it is the future for, for many riders. You know, I don't think, I don't think, you know, tube, tubed tires are going away anytime soon. And certainly tubulars, I think will have their place. Um, but this, you know, to me, tubula, tubeless seems to be another tool in a, in a toolkit, you know, and I think the pros at this point are wise to sort of use that tool when it makes sense. Um, for everyday riders, I think the benefits are actually greater. Uh, than for a pro rider and um, you know if you are ready to upgrade and get off of your your rim brake bikes you know it it seems to me at this point a no-brainer to hop on tubeless you know there's still other you know issues to, to to iron out I think you know there's still people out there who are having mixed experiences with it but I I personally endorse it and think it's it's been wonderful um, I've had no problems changing tubes and tires and things like that um, so you know, as a, as a, as a rider myself, uh, who has gone wide and who started this job five years ago on 25 is run at hundred PSI. <laughs> I, yeah, can, I can yeah. tell you there's I mean, the ride quality is just so much nicer. Um, yeah. Hey, we, we have a, we have a good resource on our website. Um, it's our, it's our tire pressure chart. And, um, I would, I would recommend if, if people are starting to experiment or they're looking to try and optimize or hone in their their tire pressure and this isn't like doesn't have to be envy specific rims the the guide has um internal as long as you know what your internal rim width is or at least can have an educated guess on that tire volume rider weight we kind of have a 
you know, some guidelines for what that tire pressure should look like. Mm -hmm. So, um, check it out. It's, uh, www.nv.com backslash tire pressure and should just be a good, a good starting point. And hopefully more people are just understanding how tire pressure relates to their ride. Right. Um, and I think that's a good, it's a good starting point. Right. Right. Neil, thanks for, for joining me. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, and to all of you guys listening out there, you heard Neil, he promised you PRs. So get out there and stop <laughs> listening to this nonsense. Um, if you have any questions about this podcast or any of the podcasts in the Velo News sphere, please do feel, feel free to tweet at me at Brown Tide Dan. And that's also where you can find me on Instagram. Uh, and you can also email me decapillary at velonews.com if you've got questions. And of course, if you've got suggestions for topics you'd like me to cover on the Velo News Tech Podcast, I would love, 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 love to hear them. I hope you guys all get out there and start chasing PRs on your uh, tubeless tires. Have a good one and we'll see you next time.